Chapter Seventeen A Flower of the Dusk by Myrtle Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Never again. Barbara did not mind lying in bed now that the heavy plaster cast was gone and she could move about with comparative freedom. Every day, Aunt Miriam massaged her fragrant oils and she faithfully took the slight exercises she was bidden to take even though she knew it was of no use she was glad now that she had kept the crutches in sight for they had steadily reminded her not to hope too much still she was bitterly disappointed though she thought she had not allowed herself to hope that she had done it only because eloise wanted her to perhaps the red-haired young man knew and perhaps not she was not so sure now that she had refrained from telling her through motives of kindness but dr conrad would know instantly and he and eloise would be very sorry barbara wiped away her tears and compressed her lips tightly together i won't cry she said to herself i won't i won't i won't her father had gone to the city with the red-haired young man and the nurse he had been gone more than a week and barbara had received no news of him save a brief note from dr conrad he said that her father had been to a specialist of whom he had spoken to her and that an operation had been decided upon he would tell her all about it he added when he saw her day by day barbara lived over the last evening she and her father had spent together all the fear and foreboding she did not for a moment regret that she had taken his precious letter from him and destroyed it she would face whatever she must and as bravely as she might but he should not be hurt in that manner she had taken the one sure way to spare him that when he came back and realized to the full how steadily she had deceived him he could love her no more when he said good-bye to her the morning he went away it had been good-bye in more ways than one it was a long farewell to the love and confidence that had bound him to her an eternal separation in spirit from the child he had loved the tears came when she remembered how he had said good-bye to her aunt miriam and the red-haired young man and the nurse had left them alone together for what might be the last time on earth and was most surely the last time as regarded the old sweet relation so soon to be severed unless he came back blind as he had gone the old man had leaned over her and kissed her twice flower of the dusk he had said with surpassing tenderness when i come back the dusk will change to dawn if the darkness lifts i shall see you first and so for a little while good-bye he had gone downstairs quickly and lightly as one who is glad to go when she last saw him he was walking ahead of the young doctor and the nurse straight and eager and almost young again sustained by the same boundless hope that had given barbara strength for her ordeal it was almost two weeks before dr conrad came down he had been obliged lately to miss several sundays with eloise when aunt miriam came and told barbara that he was downstairs she felt a sudden sharp pang of disappointment not for herself but for him he had tried so hard and done so much and to know that he had failed even in the face of her own bitter outlook she could be sorry for him 
but when he came he did not seem to need anyone's sympathy he was so magnificently young and strong so full of splendid vitality barbara's failing courage rose in answer to him and she smiled as she offered a frail little hand well little girl said dr allen sitting down on the bed beside her how goes it tell me about father begged barbara ignoring the question father is doing very well allen assured her he has recovered nicely from the operation and we have strong hope for the sight of one eye if not for both i can almost promise you partial restoration but of course it is impossible to tell definitely until later his heart is very weak that seems to be the main trouble now barbara lay very still with her eyes closed aren't you glad asked dr allen in surprise yes answered barbara with difficulty e indeed yes i was just thinking a penny for your thoughts he smiled are they going to take off the bandages there at the hospital why yes of course they mustn't cried barbara sitting up in bed or if they have to i must go there dr conrad i must see father before he regains his sight why asked allen don't cry little girl tell me his voice was very soothing and as he spoke he took hold of her fluttering hands the strong clasp was friendly and reassuring because i've lied to him sobbed barbara i've made him think we were rich instead of poor he doesn't know that i've earned our living all these years by sewing and that we've had to sell everything that anybody would buy the pearls the laces and everything he hates a lie and he'll despise me it will break his heart i tell him myself then to have him find it out little girl said allan in his deep tender voice little girl nobody on earth could blame you for doing that least of all your father if he's half the man i think he is he'll only love you the more for doing it barbara looked up at him her deep blue eyes brimming with tears do you think she asked chokingly that he ever can forgive me allan laughed in a minute he assured her of course he'll forgive you but i'll promise you that you shall see him first as far as that is concerned i can take the bandages off myself after he comes home can you really and will you surely now don't fret about it any more let's see how you're getting on in an instant the man was pushed into the background and the great surgeon took his place he went at his work with the precision and power of a perfect machine guided by that unspoken sympathy which was his inestimable gift he tested muscles and bones and turned the joint in its socket barbara watched his face anxiously his forehead was set in a frown and his eyes were keen but the rest of his face was impassive sit up he said now turn this way that's right now stand up barbara obeyed him trembling in a minute more he would know stand on this side only now can you walk no answered barbara in a sad little whisper i can't she reached for her faithful crutches which leaned against the foot of the bed but dr allen snatched them away from her no he said with his face illumined never again barbara gasped what do you mean she asked terror and joy strangely mingled in her voice never again dr allen repeated you're never to have your crutches again barbara gazed at him in astonishment she stood there in her little white nightgown which was not long enough to cover her bare pink feet 
with a great golden braid hanging over either shoulder and far below her waist her blue eyes were very wide and dark am i going to walk she asked in a queer little whisper certainly except when you are riding or sitting down or asleep i can't believe it she answered with quivering lips then she threw her arms around dr allen's neck and kissed him with the sweet impulsiveness of a child thank you he said softly now we'll walk he put his arm around her and barbara took a few stumbling steps aunt miriam opened the door and came in look cried barbara i'm walking so i see replied miriam i heard the noise and came up to see what was the matter i thought perhaps you wanted something she retreated as swiftly as she had come allan stared after her and seemed to be on the verge of saying something very much to the point but fortunately held his peace you'll have to learn he said to barbara with a new gentleness in his voice your balance is entirely different and these muscles and joints will have to learn to work keep up the exercise and the massage you can have a cane if you like but no crutches is there some one who would help you for an hour or so every day roger would she said or aunt miriam better get roger he'll be stronger and also more willing he thought but he did not say so don't tire yourself but walk a little every day as you feel like it when he went he took the crutches with him you might be tempted he explained if they were here and your father's cane is all you really need you might be tempted he explained if they were here and your father's cane is all you really need be a good girl and i'll come up again soon eloise was watching from the piazza of the hotel and when he came in sight she went up the road to meet him oh allan she cried breathlessly as she saw the crutches is she she's all right it's one of the most successful operations ever done in that line even if i do say it as shouldn't of course smiled eloise looking up at him fondly i know that they walked together down to the shore followed by the deep and open interest of the rocking-chair brigade marshalled twenty strong on the hotel veranda it was october and the children had all been taken back to school the exquisite peace of the place was a thing to dream about and be spoken of only in reverent whispers the tide was going out allan hurled one of the crutches far out to sea they've worked faithfully and long he said and they deserve a little jaunt to europe here goes he was about to throw the other but eloise took it from him let me she suggested i'd love to throw a crutch over to europe she tried it with the customary feminine awkwardness it did not go beyond the shallow water and speared itself sharp and downward in the soft sand allan laughed uproariously and eloise colored with shame never mind she said with affected carelessness you couldn't have made it stick up in the sand like that and i think it'll get to europe just as soon as yours does so there they sat down on the beach sheltered from prying eyes by a sand dune and directly opposite the crutch which wobbled with every wave that struck it think what it means said eloise and think what it might mean it might be part of a shipwreck or someone who needed it very much might have dropped it accidentally out of a boat or the one who had it might have died after a long suffering or continued allan someone might have outgrown the need of it and thrown it away as the tiny dwellers in the sea cast off their shells eloise turned to him with her deep eyes soft with luminous mist i haven't thanked you she said for all you have done for my little girl she lifted her sweet face to his 
if you're going to thank me like that said alan huskily i'll cut up the whole township and not even bother to save the pieces you needn't laughed eloise but it was dear of you you've never done anything half so lovely in all your life it was you who did it dear i was but the humble instrument in your hands was barbara glad i think so she kissed me too but not like that did she really the sweet shy little thing bless her heart i infer miss wynne remarked alan in a judicial tone that you're not jealous jealous i should say not anybody who can get you away from me she added as an afterthought can have you with my blessing and a few hints as to your management safe offer he commented are you really glad i've done what i have for barbara oh my dear so glad then suggested alan hopefully don't you think i should be thanked again i forgot to ask you about that dear old man said eloise after a little is he going to be all right too pretty much so i think we're very sure that he can see a little he will not be totally blind he will probably need glasses but there will be plenty of time for that his heart is the main trouble now any sudden excitement or shock might easily prove fatal of course he won't have that we'll hope not but life itself is more or less exciting and you can never tell what's going to break loose next i have long since ceased to be surprised at anything except the fact that you love me i can't get used to that you will though said eloise a little sadly you'll get so used to it that you won't even look up when i come into the room you'll keep right on reading your paper impossible that's what they all say but it's so have all your precious husbands changed so quickly that you are afraid to try me i've seen it so much sighed eloise a great light broke in upon alan is that why he demanded putting his arm around her no you needn't try to get away for you can't is that why i'm sentenced to all this infernal waiting eloise bit her lips and did not answer is it he asked authoritatively a little she whispered this is so sweet and sometimes i'm afraid darling darling he said drawing her closer you make me ashamed of my fellow-men when you say that but do you want the year to stand still always at june no she answered i'm willing to grow with love from all the promise of spring into the harvest and even into winter as long as the sweetness is there don't you understand alan who would wish for june when indian summer fills all the silences with shimmering amethystine haze and who would give up a keen crisp winter day when the air sets the blood to tingling for apple blossoms or even roses it's not that i only want the sweetness to stay please god it shall returned alan solemnly he was profoundly moved it shouldn't be so hard to keep it went on eloise thoughtfully i've been thinking about it a good deal lately life will give us back whatever we put into it in a way it's just like a bank put joy into the world and it will come back to you with compound interest but you can't check out either money or happiness when you have made no deposits very true he responded i never thought of it in just that way before if you put joy in and love unselfishness and a little laughter and perfect faith i think they'll all come back some day a scarlet leaf from a maple danced along the beach blown from some distant bough where the frost had set a flaming signal in the still september night 
a yellow leaf from an elm swiftly caught it and together they floated out to sea sweetheart said alan do you see the leaves are beginning to fall and in a little while the trees will be bare how long are you going to keep me waiting for wife and home i don't know dear can't you trust me yes always she answered quickly you know that then when when all the color is gone she said after a pause when the forest is desolate and the wind sighs through bare branches when winter chills our hearts then i will come to you and for a little while bring back the spring truly sweetheart truly you'll never be sorry dear he took her into his arms and sealed her promise upon her lips End of chapter 17